Welcome to Pivot to First. Hi, I'm Mike Seidel. I'm the CTO at Pivot CX. Every day I get to work with some of the brightest minds in the industry with one goal, turning hiring and people strategy into a competitive advantage. Today I'm joined by David Bernstein. He's our new Vice President of Corporate Development, and I'm really, really excited to be introducing David to everyone here. Um, he's been in the industry for a very long time. He actually started off as a recruiter and then moved over to the technology side of things. And that's really exciting because A, he understands the day-to-day, he understands what recruiters go through and has a real passion for making life better for recruiters. And then on the other side, David has worked in the technology arena for about a decade and a half and has really worked hard to change candidate experience. And at Pivot CX, we're kind of right at that intersection of, of recruiter and candidate experience. And so having someone on the, someone on the team with three decades of, of experience is just, a, is just is a great thing. So David, welcome to the team and uh, welcome to Pivot First. Wow. Well, Mike, I'm super excited to be part of the team. Thank you. Yes, I am. Um, I can't wait to really get this thing off and running, but thank you. <laughs> so, so before we get into, you know, into everything, maybe you could give people, um, you know, the five minute version of how you got here. Um, there's a lot to share, but, but really kind of go through the highlights of the things you've done and, and um, how that really has formed your opinions on candidate experience and, and really on what we're, you know, I, I, Mike, sure. I, I had a fortunate experience to um, have my first HR job in life was working in the HR department at an HR technology company called PeopleSoft. Um, and 1995, no email. <laughs> I mean, sorry, no, no internet. Sure. For sure. Uh, just beginning to use email as a, as a business uh, communication tool from the out, from outsiders. Um, really uh, quickly uh, moved forward from becoming uh, from do, being recruiter to moving into recruiting operations. I really my my passion, I, I actually came from a, a I did a career move. I moved out of uh, was in a psychiatric field, quite honestly, I was uh, delivering patient services, uh, psychiatric services. Um, I made a career change uh, in 1995 to work in the corporate setting. And what I learned very quickly was that what I, all my transferable skills, uh, I was no longer kind of delivering patient services, but what I was doing was um, my new patient, I'll say, was the, was the organization. Was, um, we weren't doing treatment planning. We weren't doing diagnosing. We were doing business process reengineering. We, we were doing all the same kind of things you do. You do, a, a, you know, what, what's the best outcomes you're trying to achieve and then how can you best get there? The tools, the, you know, um, the, the treatment modality was different, but at the end of the day, the the outcome was very similar. And I, so I, my passion in, in helping things transform and evolve, and that's really at the crux of who, what, what makes me tick is, uh, I'm super excited about, uh, about that. And I found in the, in the, in the, in the professional world, in the corporate world that, um, I could really, uh, help businesses accelerate, um, and get to business outcomes by, uh, by re-engineering and, and rethinking how um, they could operate. And, and so began a journey, right? So PeopleSoft, I came in as a recruiter, um, but quickly realized we had all these tools around us that were just sitting there going unused. Um, it, 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 it is the <laughs> defining moment that led to uh, who, where I am today because, I mean, I'll tell you, for example, one of the first things I, I did was we, I had a team of uh, four people that reported to me. 
uh, I, I ended up kind of creating this thing that um, didn't exist yet sure. in people's health. We called it recruiting operations, right? But I had, right back in the day, we used fax machines as a, as a primary modality for, for ca capturing information from candidates. Um, we'd run Sunday newspaper ads, thousands of dollars of Sunday ads across the globe. Um, Monday morning, we'd walk in and all that curly paper from this fax machine would be on the floor, right? And what I had a team of folks that would scoop that up, flatten it out, and scan it. And then we'd parse that information in PeopleSoft. Um, Wednesday, the snail mail would show up. Thursday was the inner office mail. By Friday, we had all of the paper received in the company uh, for that previous week was then uh, now parsed up into PeopleSoft sure. and soft copies were created and routed around um, on through our internal network back in the client server days, right? Four people, four, 40 hours minimum, right? But 160 hour person hours later, uh, we would leave on Fridays, uh, we would stack load uh, into the printer these postcards that would say on one side, right, you know, had all the uh, return address information, we'd run the PeopleSoft report that would print all the addresses on one side, and then we'd flip the stack over, and it would say, Dear Mike, thanks for your interest, right? We, we received your resume, said the process, but we basically spent 160 person hours every <laughs> week trying to be able to just send an acknowledgement to every candidate, thanking them for their, their interest in the company, letting them know receipt of their resume um, and what the process was next, right? And it, while it was far from perfect, it was our, our meager attempt at trying to indicate that we really cared and respected for uh for the candidate right um it's just, yeah. absolutely and so you go you look at now um we all have applicant tracking software and we have all kinds of automation that's that's trying to do exactly what you were doing with you know printing postcards and sending them out um now and, and it's amazing how many companies still don't do that they still um, look at the candidate and go, I got your application and, you know, we're doing some stuff internally, but we're not going to tell you anything unless we want you to come in for an interview. It is amazing uh, how little things have changed in candidate experience. Can, can you believe it, right? And, and I, I camp on to that, Mike. I, I think that what's um, interesting in all right. this is that what makes a great candidate experience no, has, not, it, has not really changed hasn't. over um, the years, it, right? What 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 yeah, what, what most people want? The same as right? it was thirty yeah. years ago. Communication. I, I put in my application. I just want to be acknowledged that you got it, and um, maybe know what the status is a little bit. Like we're considering you, or you're already out, or um, you know, where it's being reviewed by the hiring manager, something like that. So I know it wasn't a waste of my time to apply with you. And so many companies still that they, they don't. I mean, it's it's. They take your application and what Sherm says, the average time uh, response time on an application is about 21 days. If you hear anything at all. Yeah, it, it's just astounding. Astounding, right? That there's so much black hole activity and, and, and nothing. Um, yes, sure. technology, right? We dedicated 160 person hours just to say, thanks, we got your resume and it took a week to be able to do all that. I mean, today you can set these automated messages up um, and, and just do a simple acknowledgement, but 
you know, at the end, and those, and these are just examples. These are hallmarks of, you know, people just want information, oh, right? They just want to understand. And, and so, that, you know, they're in the process. Excuse now, me. And, and you just joined Pivot CX and, you know, we, we, we're trying to do something bigger than just acknowledge we got your application. We're trying to make it so every candidate can have a, an actual real live communication experience, right? When they apply. And, so you look at this and, and look at where the state of candidate experience is today and where it could be. And, and I don't know about you, but I think there's just a huge gap there. Oh, completely agree. Right. It's, um, I, I, it goes without saying, but just to kind of call it out, yeah. right. That recruiting, we, we tend to think about recruiting as hiring people. I think you, you and I've talked about this a lot, right. But at the end of the day, more people don't get hired than do because the process and as we all we all like to kind of go back to our concept of a funnel right and so by right. definition the funnel is all about whittling down which means there's a great number of people that don't go through to the to the end point right and yet the process and the uh the the, the teams are structured the, the architecture of, of the the way the business operates is all set up to kind of really put eyeballs on the go forward team people um and yet most people aren't getting hired. So how, how do you create a process where no one's left behind? Where every, right, all candidates, everybody, you know, I, I think of recruiting as um, everybody's cranky, right. right? You've got candidates who are desperate and, and, and they have, are wanting information, right? Um, they want, they, they, they're interested in a job, they've taken the time, they, right? So they're, they're cranky, they're not hearing. You've got uh, recruiters who are overwhelmed, right, with too much work on a plate, 30, 30 plus recs on, on average, right, as we know. Uh, and you've got hiring managers who needed to hire someone yesterday, and so they're cranky, and they, they want someone in the seat as soon as possible, right? Every stakeholder in the process is unhappy. And, and this opportunity to be able to kind of just, let's say, let's look at the, at the engagement, the communications, the, the, the whole the end-to-end how do we kind of make that more scalable, personalized? Everybody gets the right communication at the right time. That that's the that's the uh, the golden opportunity here, right? Pivot CX, I think, really has that opportunity yeah. to be able to kind of just run with that because I'm not seeing anybody else really kind of looking at it holistically that way. All stakeholders in a, in an engagement and in and in, in a full kind of communication way across multiple channels, right? People don't live on email anymore. Right, that used to be the it. Right, I said postcards. <laughs> then we evolved from postcards to email. Um, but I mean, right? No, email worked for a while, and and now people get more spam than they get anything else, and they ignore their emails, and and so we're we're on to a new era. Completely. Right? So that kind of leads kind of to a question, and 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 you know, you're new with Pivot CX, and and we're really excited to have you here because of your experience. Uh, I'm probably the most exciting thing about getting you in here is we, we were able to pull you away from a, an uh, HR tech integrator where you've been working with lots of different applicant tracking systems and that kind of thing. And, and you're seeing kind of right where the state of the art is in uh, recruiting and in recruiting technology. You've, you've been right on that point. Um, you know, and, and what was it that got you so excited about joining Pivot CX? What was the thing that made you go, you know, this is a team I'd like to be a part of? So, you know, like I, I mentioned a few of them, I'll, I'll call it out again, but the, um, the ability to kind of have the right kind of conversations with all candidates, right, at scale in a very personalized way, 
um, no one left behind, making the process work for all stakeholders, recruiters, candidates, and the hiring teams, right? That, that kind of holistic view. This is not a, you know, oftentimes things become either or solutions, right? You've got, it's, it's a candidate experience tool or it's a recruiter productivity tool. It, you know, what if there were a way to have the best of everything all, all in one, right? Um, it's not, right. it's not locked into a single channel. There's, um, you know, the ability to kind of really be forward thinking and, and, and understand, you know, part of my journey in my career included kind of working at a, um, a well-known chatbot company, right? These, these recruiting digital assistant companies, again, great tools that, that really help, especially in a high volume world. Um, but again, recruiting is a relationship business. And at the end of the day, you need to have humans in the mix, right? A human in the loop. And, and so the, the, you know, the digital chatbots are, are a piece of the equation, but the ability to kind of really put together a communication and engagement platform that works for all parties, that's what's exciting, right? The, the opportunity and, you know, to be able to think about it and how it manages workflow and um, keeps, keeps forward motion, um, notify, anyway, keeps everybody in the game, right? The ability to kind of do Absolutely. that across the board. And what, what's so exciting about that is, you know, and this has been for me, uh, as we brought Pivot CX to market and then, and then, you know, started growing the company, every customer we're bringing in, we're able to go help the recruiters engage with more candidates. So, you know, back to every candidate, you know, no candidate gets left behind. Every candidate gets a really great experience. And, and you know, it's really fun to get out there and see that in action and see see that actually happening. Um, it, it really is, um, you know, I, th I think there is really a, a transformation going out, out there in the recruiting world where we're going from okay, I've got all these tools and they're all not talking to each other, but they all do important things for me to where, hey, we need to orchestrate this around something. And, and the something that we really need to be orchestrating around is that conversation with the candidate. It's, it's not about, um, you know, applies and all that. Yeah, the apl application might start the conversation, but how do we orchestrate that whole conversation? So I've got a great candidate, we're gonna hire them. How do we make that a great experience? I've got a not so great candidate that we're going to say no to, which by the way, you nailed it. Most interactions with candidates will end up it, with no, right? How do I make that no a great experience so that candidate um, isn't turned off and, and isn't brand damage? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the talent board talks about this very right uh, consistently, uh, frequent feedback, respectful, Right. I mean, again, like we said, what, what makes a great candidate experience really hasn't changed over the years. Um, and the tools that are available now to be able to enable it at scale are there. It's just um, we've got to, you know, get the get the teams to kind of understand that there is a better way, that there are other ways. Um, I, I'll say this, Mike, in all my years, I have never met a recruiter or a recruiting team that purposely designed a cruddy ca a candidate experience into the process, right? No, nobody wakes up every day and says, what can we do today to give these candidates a horrible experience, right? Said said no one no, ever. I, I agree with you, David. Right? I, I, I mean, I've met so many recruiters over the years and they're all wonderful people and, and they've got a really tough job. Um, to be honest, you know, you, you said understaffed. Well, you go look at most companies, talent acquisition teams, they're three, four people short of what they need to just to do traditional recruiting. And nobody is staffed to actually talk to every candidate. 
imagine, right? Which is why they end up focusing on the go forward candidates only. Like I said, no one's purposely planning a poor candidate experience. It's an unintended outcome of overworked people being uh, asked to do too many things. Uh, you know, if you just yes. try to run the numbers, if you've got 30 wrecks on your plate and you're going to talk to maybe what call it five candidates per wreck, and you've got 30 managers then behind every one of those wrecks, that's 180 conversations you're supposed to be managing and keeping moving. Um, imagine way, it's, just, know, it's just untenable, right? Yeah, it's huge. And, and the interesting thing, so you go look at Sherm's productivity numbers for recruiters, and one of the big things that always stands out to me is like 72% of recruiters' time gets spent doing resume screening. And so you look at the work that, that we're asking these people to do. Um, yeah, you might have to talk to three to five candidates for every one of them that, that you're going to hire. You've got to screen 90 <laughs> for every one you're going to hire. You've got to read 90 resumes. And even if you spend... 30 seconds, one minute on a resume. I just spent an hour and a half <laughs> burning right. through a stack of resumes. And I'm not even looking at them in enough detail to really spot everything. I'm just looking at enough of them that I can throw out the really bad ones. So I, I really do think recruiters, um, there's a big quality of life improvement out there that, that, that we can build for them because there's just way, way too much, uh, too much work that goes into this and, and not enough recruiters to go around. <laughs> Hands down, right? This is the opportunity is right is enabling recruiting teams to be able to kind of do what they aspire to do. All right. Uh, again, no one went into recruiting as well because they, they wanted to mistreat people, right? Most pe most oh, recruiters no. are excited because they, they want to help people get jobs and help businesses uh, meet hiring goals and meet business objectives. There, there are so many reasons people go into recruiting, but trying to you know create an unhappy experience right and again they're unhappy like you said their work-life balance is upside down they you've got hiring managers in one year you got candidates at the other right everybody's wanting something like i said the, the traditional process leads to all all the stakeholders being cranky and the opportunity really kind of turned that around and um you know it, anyway that you asked me what got me excited yeah. I mean, this is the, this is the opportunity to kind of really kind of bring forward a platform that enables that kind of um, shift, right? Because recruiting is critical, right? A company, companies today only really differentiate themselves by, the, by talent. I know we all know this. Uh, lots of lip service gets given to it, but at the end of the day, recruiters and, right, are, being, are the ones that are tasked with bringing in the talent into the business. So if they don't get that right, because right. hiring managers don't know who they don't see, they only know who's presented to them, right? So, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's a, I, I, it's a hard job just when you have a qualified candidate and, and you go, okay, I've got five good ones for you, hiring manager. Uh, I need you to take a look at them and then interview them. It's really, really, really hard for a lot of recruiters to get that, just that little bit done. And for that, it's just amazing, you know. It's amazing to me to right. see so many great people out there working so hard, and and still uh, feeling like hard. it's yeah, and right, having a hard time, still feeling like they're they're uh, underappreciated, and uh, the 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 profession gets a black eye, right? You go into Google and type recruiting, and it, the type ahead is recruiting sucks, or some of these other kinds of right trending uh, trending uh, kind of items. It's not. It's right. This is the this is the uh, dichotomy here. Is how how do we flip this around? Uh, again, it's really well. I've got a few ideas about how we <laughs> tell me that around. Right. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, but it, yeah, uh, right. Yeah, um, <laughs> yes. But 
the uh, you know you go you go look at what's really going on out there. I think where it all starts is is for a lot of the recruiters. There's just not enough hours in the day to talk to the candidates, and nobody has ever been hired that I know of that got a job without talking to the employer. At least once, right? There's got to be a conversation that happens. Right. Has to. I mean, you can automate and parts of it, right? But you, one of the, the most, there's there's conversation in the loop somewhere with a human, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. It has to happen. It may not be at the beginning, and there may be a lot of efficiency we can drive by automating that, and that's fine. That's that's part of the what we do. But the other part is when it does come mm-hmm. time to talk to people, um, you know, the thing we're seeing, and and this is the the thing that to this day um, a lot of our customers don't believe until they experience it, and that's that. Um, you know, every, we've got a room full of people that are chatting with candidates all day long. They talk to an average of 250 candidates wow. a day. Mm-hmm. Most recruiters, you know, when you're using phone and email and, and doing it um, the way that most companies do, you're lucky as a recruiter to dial the phone 30, 40 times and talk to 10 or 15 sure. candidates and, and have a meaningful conversation with maybe three or four of them. Most people that you reach, if you're a recruiter, are going to just tell you to go away. Yeah. I mean, because and that's not that's not the speed of business today, right? I mean, I, no, it's I, not. I, I started with my example of it took a week to just right. say thank you to people. I mean, and you were mentioning, you know, two weeks or more before t- uh, any, you know, in today's world. So yeah, so best of the best, you know, candidate experience, you know, thirty years ago was a week for for getting a response, and now you go best of the best. What is that? Um, well. You know, for a lot of our customers, every candidate that applies gets a high within seconds. And um, depending on what kind of job that is, they could be talking with a live person within a couple of minutes every time. And we, we're enabling recruiting teams to do that. We're also doing that in a way that, uh, you know, maybe you don't have the staff for that, but you want to have that experience. We have a solution for that. We have a contact center solution for that. So there's, uh, you know, I think where we're at now, this is why I was so excited to, to have you join the team, David, is that you, you understand what recruiting needs to be. And we want to help transform companies to be that. We want to we want to make it so your recruiting team can actually respond quickly every time and your recruiters can talk to hundreds of people in a day. And more importantly, your hiring managers are talking to engaged, qualified people all the time. Uh, so you're able to make the best choice every time. And, and uh, I think the thing that's been constant in what has been changing over the years has just been the speed that we have to go. And sometime in the last two years, we went from, oh, you got a week to now you got mm, 30 right. minutes. I mean, there. I think what the latest stats are, still, even though there's rumor of, of slowdowns and recessions, there's still what, an average of two, two openings for every person unemployed. Right. There's more open. Oh, yeah. right? And so you move slow. I mean, people have choices. Right. And and, and as and if you mistreat them. Right. The disrespect, people have oh. patience for being, you know, in a queue and not hearing back folks. Right. The tolerance for that goes right. It's gone pretty quick. So, again, the more than ever. Well, what people do about it now is they just go take a job somewhere right? else and, and because they can. And uh, that just kind of ties into really, you know, why, why do you need to go fast? Well, it's, if you want to hire that, the best people that are, that, that are responding to your job ads or the best people that you're sourcing, um, you've got to keep up with those candidates and engage them on their terms, or you're going to miss. Right. 
and oftentimes teams would say, well, to move fast, I have to really scope it and, and kind of only deal. And this is where we get back to, you know, the go forward candidates, but the bulk of the people who, right, the crankiest ones, right, they're, and maybe they're your future next candidate for some other job. Maybe they're your customers. Maybe there's, right, the candidate, the talent board talks about this, right, a great phrase called candidate resentment, right? And, and, and yes. how that is not just a thing, but a rising thing, right? <laughs> it, the, the, the scores on candidate resentment are going up. That's the wrong direction, right? We have all these tools out there. Yep. Yeah, I think the last time I read an article from uh, from the talent board about candidate resentment, I think the words all time <laughs> right? high. And yet it's 2022, right? So yeah. candidate resentment, yeah. yeah, all time high. And a lot of it just comes down to the candidates are moving very quickly. Um, you know. I, I hire software developers for my team, and when I do, I'm usually able to hire them before other companies even get around just calling the candidates that have applied for the job. But the reason I'm able to find great talent in that market is we're able to go from job ad up to candidates talking to people same day. Um, and that means we're interviewing people the next day and we're making offers the third day. Nearly everybody carries a cell phone these days, right? And we've, we've integrated text into our lives, not just from a recruiting perspective. It is a way of communicating universally, right? With our kids, with our families, with, right? It, it's just a tool that we have with us all the time. So for recruiting teams to not be leveraging that as an opportunity is, is just a miss, right? Well, it's it's remarkable to me how many how many recruiting teams don't have anything that does texting yet. There's a lot of productivity you pick up just from text messages. But when you really get into it and you've integrated it into the workflow, integrated it into I source them, then we engage them or I, I integrate it into you apply on Indeed and that that apply triggers a conversation. When we get to that level, it really changes the game for the, the recruiters and the hiring managers, because what's going on is you're going faster than everybody that you're competing with. And as a result, you're, you're going to get the first pick yeah. on, on candidates every time. If, so yeah, you beat them, everybody else to the punch, right? And this is the thing, you know, but yeah. And, and to give recruiters the ability to not have to use their personal phone, but still be able to give them texting capability and give the employers the confidence that, that there's compliance in the mix here and that all of this data stays resident and, I mean, there's just so many positives, right? It, I mean, sure, could a could a recruiter start texting somebody on their personal phone? But sure, ah, right? Think of all yeah, the they could do yeah. that, and, yeah. and it will get the message there. But it, it becomes a problem, you know, when you start looking at compliance and you start looking at, okay, now we got a complaint and somebody sent on their personal phone. You get into some some areas you might not want to get into. Yeah, and recruiters come and go, and that way also the right conversations stay. They're they're the property of the company, and the employers and the candidates get to right. It's an employer candidate relationship, well, and the recruiter is really just the ambassador, having that conversation at that particular moment. Right? Absolutely. So you and I met actually. I think when you and I met, you were working with a chatbot company. And this is at the very beginning of the AI revolution when, uh, you know, almost I every remember. startup that year was a, some kind of AI machine learning sure. chatbot or whatever. And you've seen the best of chatbot. You've seen the worst of it. You've seen good and bad. Um, where do you think bots really fit into the work recruiting workflow? Where, where do they do their best work? Where do they deliver 90% of the value? You know, there, there, yeah, there's some defined use cases, um, especially in a, a, the, 
I'll say the things that lump into high volume, the, the, the areas where recruiters would love to give a white glove concierge service, level of service, mm -hmm. but can't because of all their other responsibilities, right? These are good places you can plug in, right? In general, I think the, it, it probably goes without saying, but just to, again, to the, the value of automation, the, the, the ROI, the payback on that comes when there's something of, of volume. And, and the interesting thing about the, the chatbots, obviously, is that you can, you can be conversational, so you can mimic some of the human experience, but at the end of the day, you can't replicate the whole thing, right? I mean, there were some gee whiz AI things. I remember there was this, uh, one of those companies, right? Was a, it was a head, right? There was a, a desk, right? Do you remember this one? I think it was out oh, of yeah. Sweden where you could actually talk to it. It had a face, right? And it was kind of AI, NLP, conversational, you know, algorithms and talking behind the scenes uh, because people, People, right? A chatbot is is only a piece of it. They want to have, the, the, you know, we're social creatures, um, and right. recruiting is a relationship business. It's real hard to build a relationship with with a machine, right? Um, and there is a place in the mix where, you know, you need to ask questions that are unique to you. There's not going to be a standard set of answers for everybody. Um, comes down to, you know, even for high volume jobs, people want to ask something and, and talk to somebody, right? You you can't run the whole process through through a machine. I don't know if you know this or not, but before we met you, um, we, we were looking at building our own chatbot. When we, before we were Pivot CX, we were a different company, and mm -hmm. we spent about a half million dollars building a chatbot. And you're going to love this. One day we had our we had a team of interns versus the chatbot who could turn more job applies into interviews, mm. and the interns beat the chatbot by a factor of ten. Oh, wow. Yeah, and a lot of it was because there were just so many places where the candidates were were going off the happy path for the bot. Right. You know, the, the bot. If if you did what most people do, the bot would work for you. Mm -hmm. But um, kind of by definition, most of your interactions aren't going to be what most people do. Right. So even if you're using a bot, in and some employers have gone down that route, you still need to be able to have the human in the loop. Right. And how do you continue that same conversation and do the warm handoff? But then now it's a, now it's person to person communications. Right. They're, 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 there's yeah. still a place. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Right. They, they work so well. You know, back to that high volume use case you're talking you talked about, you know, yeah, if you've got 2000 applicants a day coming in, no way you're going to talk to all of them, nor should you. But having the bot do that initial screening can can absolutely help a lot because it gives that candidate an immediate experience. It gives them immediate feedback. And more importantly, it, it helps your, keep your recruiting team focused on qualified and engaged candidates. And I think that's a big problem out there. Um, David, we didn't talk about it much, but it's real. There's a lot of recruiting teams that spend an awful lot of time with candidates that are never going to talk to them. They're just not engaged. Right. And, and yet, right, recruiters are, are responsible for bringing in the right talent. Um, but they have to sift through, and this is again; these are not new concepts, right? A recruiter no, itself, um, yeah. You it know. just blows my mind when you look at like a recruiter that's like screening resumes, and and the problem with resumes is that you don't know whether the candidate behind that resume is going to engage or not. You don't know if you can actually reach them when you're looking at their resume, and so you're making the decision: Am I going to reach out to them or not? And well, okay, great. Part of the problem is a third of your resumes, half of your resumes 
aren't ever going to even talk to you. They're not even going to engage. Right. And yeah. So being able to have an asynchronous way, again, with a, with a device that's integrated into our life, we're not trying to create new habits. Right. This is done, right? The, the world has decided texting is a thing, right? So again, and, and we have this regularly with us, right? Uh, I, I don't know if you know the stats, Mike, you probably know better than me, but the, the, uh, the latency, the response time, right? Uh, on, on between oh. getting a text and the res and, and, and responding to it. Right. But I mean, it, versus send them an email and maybe never, right. It's so, it's, uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the big number, the big number, you know, what's a, if I send a text message to somebody, what's the average amount of time between when I send it and when they read it is it less than three minutes response is about three minutes and 40 seconds oh, on average. Right. So, I, I send you, you know, if I could do this with email, it would be amazing. I send an email and it gets read within three minutes and then somebody actually replies inside of four minutes. That would be amazing. But that's what's going on with texting right now. It works that well. So um, back to what you said, it's, you know, it is amazing that a lot of recruiters don't have a tool. for. And, the, and right, the tools are here and we just, you know, so now, now putting them together in a way that um, in a solutions kind of way, right there. So many of the companies I also see um, have a lot of features, but they don't really under they don't really understand really what they're solving for and giving giving customers the ability to you know identifying with their pain points and then right there's a solution here that there is a better way right this is that age old what if there were a better way well there is and maybe you just didn't know about it but so um, when I think you you're really honing in on the most important part of it which is that um, every every company recruits a little differently. And, and these, you know, just because I have a solution that checks a bunch of boxes, it doesn't mean that my software is going to be the, the right thing. It comes, there's a lot more to it. And, and I don't know, that's why I'm really excited about this. And I'm hoping, you know, as we, we go out and start working with the market, you know, I, I think you're going to be a really valuable resource for a lot of, a lot of talent acquisition leaders out there that are looking at this going, how do we speed up? How do we make it, uh, you know, I'm down 300 recs. We, we, we got 300 jobs to fill. How can we get over that hump? And, and I think a conversation with David's going to go a long way to help. Well, I appreciate there. that, Mike. Yeah. I mean, I've been on both sides of the desk. I've been, I've been the buyer of solutions. Um, I've led recruiting teams. Yeah. It's, and again, the, 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 what makes, well, we said this uh, several times, right? The candidate, what, what makes a great candidate experience hasn't really changed over the years how we do, you know what we need to do the core components of recruiting are also essentially the same right um you know how do you get the word out how do you find interesting and interested affordable available people to get them into the hopper and move them through a process in a very respectful way that gives people you know the uh the frequent uh feedback that they need but also supports you know the the recruiter and the, the helps them kind of run the, all the activity they need to do but keeps the hiring managers in the loop Right. It, it's, it's, it's a, it's an end to end activity. Right. But, but you know, right. I, I think the thing that, um, when you think about the candidate experience, it's this broad phrase. Um, for me, that phrase is really the sum total of, I don't know the exact number, but let, let's say it's 20 plus micro experiences that are mighty little steps along the way. Every one of which is a point of uh, possible success or failure. And, Every one of those is about a feedback or a, a, a taking care of a something doing right. It, and if the vast majority, if uh, are not positive experiences, that's when I might say my whole can experience was was cruddy. 
right? It, but it's the sum total. You know, thinking about canon experience is really thinking about a holistic from discovery to high to higher and every kind of step along the way. Anyway, our ability here at Pivot CX to kind of create bespoke kind of solutions that, that in creating the kind of engagement and workflow for, for customers um, that drive their business outcomes. Yeah, anyway, uh, now you've got me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited, right? Because well, that's what we can do here, right? Transform recruiting into, into a business well, asset. Absolutely. That's, that's what gets me excited about coming to work in the morning. So, um, so change pace a little bit here, just a couple personal sure. questions. Um, so, uh, favorite business book, what book have you read that really, uh, changed the way you look at the business world? Wow. Um, well, there, there's two, uh, I'll say if you say favorite one, but uh, I'll say two, both of them are actually very short reads. So I'll put a plug in for both of them. One is the classic who moved my cheese, right? Uh, Right, but simple, okay. right? Simple ideas um, that that are, but I think are, are critical, right? Uh, getting stuck in one way of doing things, and versus kind of being flexible, adaptable. I mean, resilient to this idea about you know business operates and things change, and that's as we all know is the only constant is that things will change. Um, and the other one is uh, Lencioni's book about the five five dysfunctions of a team, because um, I really find that again it's about relationships and and. Teams work when there's high trust, um, and then that's clearly the number one dysfunction within a team is when there's lack of trust. And so, when you can build uh, that kind of high, uh, you know, high re reliability and trust between teams, you can get you know great, great uh, innovation. All right, it's a it's a killer <laughs> if you don't have trust within the team. So, anyway, my two favorite business Absolutely. books. Yes. Yeah. Okay. This this one's a little easier. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Oh, well, maybe maybe not easier. Well, um, for those that are old enough to remember, but Harold and Maude um, is one of my favorites of all time. That and uh, well, anyway, I'll, I'll keep it to that one. But yeah, the the um, it, it's a it's a story about life, right? It told through a uh, a looking back um, and somebody who's near the end of her life, but um, and someone who doesn't see the value in his own life until. Her life ends, and and anyway, it's kind of an interesting way of telling a story about uh, the uh, about cherishing what you have every day in in your life. So anyway, great movie. Um, if I I'd encourage everybody to go find a copy or look it up on Netflix if you can. Thanks, Mike. I'm I'm glad to be here as well. Thank you for for everything.